Hello and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara Do Something Else. This is episode 9. I am Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy. Dan, how are we? I'm doing okay. It's been a tough week, but yeah. we're getting there. Come on, tell us about college, because I'm, I'm sure that's part of it, is it? That's part of it, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a process, and um, it's some of it can be frustrating at times, but we're getting there, mm. and it'll happen. But uh, I got back into exercising as well so that's kind of helped a little bit to um, keep me active and then I've also been doing a bit of creative writing as well so oh very good I'll come to that in yeah. a second let's go back to college how long is your masters the masters is a year right and we know what a year is don't we in college terms that's about what 20, yeah. 26 27 weeks something like that yeah 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 you know here we are mid Mid-September, uh huh, and we're still not in college. Yeah, well, we st we the the master starts in October, early October. Okay, I retract all that. So, so yeah. Okay, so creative writing. What have you been doing? Um, well, I'm I'm not sure if I if I mentioned that I, um, over the past couple of years, I've kind of written, kind of scrolls for family weddings and things as, as a kind of gift. For something that lasts rather than just kind of getting a wedding gift, you know. Um, yeah, so a kettle that's going to break down or a toaster that's going to burn toast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with this one, I'm, I'm still kind of working on it. It's a bit of a work in progress. This is more personal thing. It's not really for anybody. I might even release it. I'll see. Um, and it's essentially about there was a quote from Robin Williams once. And he said um, something along the lines of, you're only given a little spark of madness, so uh, you mustn't lose it. So it's essentially about what happens if we strip that back to its bare bones and take every person as a silhouette. I know it's a bit abstract, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Each person has their spark. And then the people that you interact with during the life, during your life, and the experiences that you have, either um, enhance that smart or that smart spark, uh, or or diminish it a little bit. So, yeah, we have a couple of things we do. You want to get to this week? Yeah, um, yeah. And the first of my, and I know you like a bit of golf. Yes, I you do. You do like a bit of golf, don't you? I mean, I'm I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm just thinking about. I look around the golf course and go, tarmac and lads, build houses. <laughs> you know, enough that a prime real estate wasted around Dublin. You know, I'd be kind of like, yeah, that's it. Bring it in. Bring in the bulldozers, lads. Yeah, it's a good walk wasted. So today we're going to have a little chat about Brendan Lawler. Tell, so us, tell us, who is Brendan Lawler? He is uh, a disabled golfer who recently made his European tour debut. And that is like the full European tour, the actual European tour, uh, debut in the ISPS Handa UK Championship a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. Um, so he grew up in the Laos village, about 15 minutes from the knock, I'd say. Um, he joined Pitch and Putt when he was about four and then started playing golf when he was about 15. And he has a condition called L Ellis Van Creveld syndrome, 
which is characterized by a shorter stature and sto- and shorter limbs. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned this to me a couple of weeks ago, when we said we we're going to start to have a little route into it, um, yeah, I did kind of go, "Is he not a dwarf?" And it, obviously, yeah. there is there is a distinction here between his his syndrome and dwarfism. Okay. Yeah. No, that's I actually I looked into it and I I wasn't able to find a distinct right where the line is a distinct difference but I, I would imagine I would imagine there is um, <clears throat> kind of when I when I was looking up him and doing some research on him I that was kind of the description that was given and I kind of wanted to and it was similar because he, he did an interview on uh, the Sky Sports Golf podcast um, that's what I that's what I was listening to for the for the research and uh, that's kind of his description as well um, so he kind of doesn't really go into go into much more detail around mm. this so to speak um, from, he, he was saying from a golfing point of view it, it kind of uh, manifests itself so to speak in in the form of a lack of distance and uh, difficulty walking. Right. So I I remember he he was saying that like when he kind of first started playing golf, uh, he had to go to the gym quite a bit just to be able to kind of walk the course because to build up a certain level of stamina. Yeah, absolutely. Because on the European tour. Like everybody's everybody's walking the course, so he kind of wanted to be on that same level, so to speak. Whereas on on the um, disability tour, I think everybody has buggies. Right. Okay. You know, buggies are available, so yeah. to speak. So and he, and he was saying, interestingly enough, because his swing is so kind of unique, he hasn't had much coaching, okay. which which is interesting. And they were talking about kind of golf rankings and how that works kind of the distinction between disability golf and, and your standard world ranking um, so he's fourth in the world for uh, disability golfers Wow, which is seriously impressive and the way he was describing it was there are four different kind of categories so to speak um, for, for ranking so there's gross which is kind of the best golfers would be would be in that category and then there's nest wheelchair golfers as well and stableford as well which is another uh, category um so yeah and he actually set up because there's so many different kind of abilities that that these golfers would play at um and so many different tournaments he set up a group chat that kind of was able to figure out where these golfers were playing in different tournaments because he was saying it, it was quite hard to know like who the actual best golfer is because everybody's so different in terms of their abilities and things like that. So he set up this group to kind of figure out where the different golfers were playing. So okay, they yeah, that, 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 was, that was one of, yeah, that was, I know we're going to talk about para, the Paralympics later on. Yeah. Obviously, there's different categories of H1 and, and, and different, obviously, uh, different abilities and different disabilities and different um, 
yeah, even even if you want to talk about the Special Olympics and stuff like that. So I was just kind of wondering yeah. what my, my kind of thought on what was kind of like, if he's the fourth best, who are the other three that are ahead of him? And how did he get into the European Tour ahead of them? Yeah, that's actually an in, an interesting. Uh, yeah, but no, sorry, I'm just thinking of when you're talking about then yeah. about how the classifications are done. So is it potentially then that the other three ahead of him are of have different disabilities then? Yes, that you know, is, I mean that, that that kind of does start to make sense now that I'm actually talking about it and and opening my mouth without thinking. <laughs> we'll stop that soon. Uh, yeah, so I'm thinking possibly is there somebody in a wheelchair and then is that less likely to be accepted on the European tour? Yeah, I I because that's even something that he he was saying in terms of he wants to kind of see. Um, because they have the EDGA, which is the European uh, Disabled Golf Association, but he wants to see a, a, a disabled golf tour that runs alongside the European tour, so that there's more kind of visibility and that these athletes are seen. So are we talking about Olympics and Paralympics? Some something to that something to that effect, yeah. Yeah, I mean that it kind of makes sense. I mean, everyone's out there, everyone's set up. Um, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. it really? I suppose. You know, Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, he was even talking about his first competition on uh, the the disabled golf tour, and he it was in uh, Villa Sol in Portugal in November a couple of years ago, and he even himself kind of underestimated the talent that these golfers had. Right because he was kind of playing in like able-bodied teams in his own time so he, he was kind of coming into coming into this kind of thinking it was going to be easy so to speak and he, he was just kind of saying that um <clears throat> he as i was saying he he underestimated the 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 talent of the golfer so it was kind of an, un, an eye-opening experience in that sense um because golf, golf has gone a bit odd, I think, hasn't it? In general, not just never, never mind uh, what Brendan Lawler is up to. Did I see it, something with somebody with some new putter lock, or uh, they were all giving out about somewhere in the European Tour or the American Tour somewhere? Oh yeah, something about like you can't have anchored putting anymore. Is that? Is that there's some yeah, there's something around. Yeah, there's yeah, some yeah, fellas yeah. after coming in. He's a scientist or he's a physicist or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just he's yeah. just looking at this yeah. from a purely mechanical sort of yeah. point of view, and he's he's talking about driving or even a bigger sort of driver and just yeah. walloping the ball down the, the down the fairway. Yeah. You know? So I think that that's kind of interesting, and I've just I saw a couple of other kind of golfers going. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> should that's not golf at all. Ah, lads, I should that's not. That's just some fella there now, bait balls. That's not golf. <laughs> not my kind of thing. Yeah, I think there was the with the putter. I think where it's the it's a longer putter and it goes up the length of your arm or something. Yeah. And it's locked or something. Yeah, it's got a putter lock or something. Yeah. I actually googled it then, and I don't like golf. I was just interested to see what the rest of them were giving out about. Why they're all, why they're all getting a bit sour. God, no, no, no. Sure, that's not golf at all. Sure, look at him over there now. He might as well be out with a pool cue and lying down on the ground and trying to knock it in there. Sure, that's not golf. I suppose things have to change, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Things have to change and evolve and, and progress. Um, but it, even it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because he was talking about 
uh, his debut and he was like he was saying that his playing partners the first couple of days because he missed the cut unfortunately um, his playing partners the first couple of days were really like encouraging and you know like if he made a bogey on a hole or, or something like that or made a mistake they were just saying okay let's birdie the next one and real like positive reinforcement and, and the thing that struck me with what he said was that they were treating him like a golfer yeah it was it was he was just a fellow golfer it wasn't this whole thing of you know you're an inspiration oh, sure, sure look at you aren't you great aren't yeah, you yeah, great yeah, going yeah. out here yeah. to this golf club so sure you are brilliant I sure <laughs> and that's exactly what you want then yeah absolutely and it's, it's something that we've that we've referenced um, way too often True, yeah, just go do it and don't be, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is the whole balance of, oh, he's so inspirational. He's a bloody good yeah. golfer. He's, at the end of the day, yeah. it's just a good golfer, full stop. Absolutely. Um, and with that being said, like, that's not that's not saying that he, he is inspiring to a great number of people. Yep. I'm, I'm just saying that there, in my experience, there's been too much of an emphasis on that rather than actually, like, yeah. What these people are doing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, totally agree. And for anybody that is looking for information on how uh, you can get involved with disabled golf, you can search the European Golf Association website, which is edgagolf.com, and you'll find more information there. Absolutely, we'll stick the links up anyway with this at the end. Absolutely. So Dan, you want to talk about even more inspirational stuff? You gave me you gave me more homework actually last week, and uh, you suggested I go and watch a uh, very interesting um, documentary. Now I have to admit, no, I'm not the world's best documentary watcher in the, in in on the face of the earth. Um, I tend I tend to kind of get distracted. Oh look, there's a ball of string over there. I must go and play with that instead of sitting down. Right. But Rising Phoenix. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Brilliant! I'm glad yeah. to hear that. No, I did. On, on, on sort of kind of many levels, that it actually it was actually a really really good documentary. You know, mm-hmm. it was a quality put together, kind of kept you engaged. I didn't even yeah. lose sort of. Well, I had to watch it in two halves because it was a bit long for me. But right. you know, I, I wasn't kind of sitting here at the computer, kind of watching it, and over here on the other screen uh, doing something else. Right, you know, you were it fully did. Engaged. It, it yeah. did keep me engaged. It kept me on. It kept me on the screen. So, it's effectively about the Paralympics. Yeah, yeah, you're buying on there. It's it's essentially about the the formation of the Paralympics and the history of it, um, and essentially it charts it all the way up to uh, Rio in 2016. So, which is effectively and, the last Olympics. Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. damn you, COVID. We're gonna have them. We're gonna have them on this year. Absolutely, and actually, funny enough, this is something I, I I learned from watching it, is that Paralympics actually means like alongside the Olympics. Yeah. Because what happened was the first Paralympic. No, it wasn't called the Paralympic Games at this stage. Was stage on the exact same day that the Olympics uh, was first staged. Right. 
it was called the Stoke Mandeville Games okay. in uh, in nineteen thirty six in the summer of nineteen thirty six. That's where I remember. Um, so that's where we get apparently from. And it's, it was funny, kind of, when I was watching it in 1936. I mean, it's I, I get the feeling it's more of a modern thing, and I think that's because yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just the exposure over the last couple of years. Probably yeah. Rio. I'm not sure what what was before Rio. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. That's probably why I'm, I'm seeing it. Should yeah. we all go mad over in England? Yeah. Um, uh, did I know that? It, I know that it quite well from from an English point of view. But I think yeah. maybe that's why then I'm, I'm I'm kind of yeah thinking it's more of a modern. Well, even you're right. You're right in saying that because even they did mention uh, that in the documentary in saying that London 2012, like because they had Athens, they had uh, Beijing. Now Beijing in and of itself was um, a progression for China in saying that it kind of recognised people with disabilities a yeah. lot more um, but London was essentially where the Paralympic movement was was born uh, so it began to kind of it arrived shall we say yeah. Uh, so yeah absolutely which kind of leads to yeah London was great and everyone was very upbeat and positive and then Rio was a bit of a sham yeah. well a not bit. a sham no it's not the wrong way we were putting it but it all came down to money effectively yeah it was a bit of a money racket spoiler alert if uh, for anybody who hasn't watched uh, Rise of Phoenix and we highly recommend it <laughs> and you are uh, you are listening to Dan and Dara to Ability doing something else yeah I suppose you have to be careful with those spoiler alerts here Dan but I, I, I was yeah. I, I wasn't sh- I wasn't that shocked when they started talking about the money and that they kind of almost had the rug pulled out from underneath them uh, from the point of view of uh, there was going to be no money to run yeah. the Paralympics in Rio. You know, and why, why, and why do we think like that, you know, the, the Olympic committees and all the scandals we ever hear about backhanders and who gets it and, you know, possibly the same with the World Cup to, to some degree. Why would yeah. we be shocked that there's no money? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you 100% there. But they managed to pull it off, which was good. Yeah, and I, I think the, th- the thing with Rio is that what people what people might miss with this is that there's more to Rio possibly not going ahead than just not having a Paralympics. That's the whole, like, movement. Yeah. It is in is in jeopardy in and of itself, but as you said, well, I don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah, no, I I would highly highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go back to the start of it though, Dan? Which surprised me a little bit as well. I kind of have to say. Did it? It did. Okay. It did a little. Uh, you know, when you're thinking kind of okay. You know, we say 1936. Mm, you might just scratch your chin and go, hmm. I wonder who was in, who was in involvement around 1936. Yeah, yeah. Those dastardly, dastardly Germans, which kind of gave, gave, um, I suppose, rise to it. Would that be fair enough to say? Rise to to the Olymp- to, 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 to the Paralympics to, to some degree. Yes, to some degree. To yeah. some degree, you know. So we we had a Jewish f- physician who was getting the hell out of Germany, effectively. 
Yes. So you this know, was... saw which way the wind was blowing and kind of went, oh, not having this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was uh, Dr. Ludwig Gutmann. Uh, he was a Jewish doctor um, in Nazi Germany and he fled to England as a refugee, as you said. And uh, he said, I dream of the time when disabled people will take part in the Olympic Games. And he kind of revolutionized the whole thing because he took over um, a spinal cord, spinal cord injury unit. Basically, have, have you heard of the, the situation where when you have spinal cord injuries, they roll you over every kind of half an hour to prevent bed sores and things like that? No, that was, that's interesting. That, that's lovely, Dan. Thanks very much. That's a lovely, that's a lovely concept. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something that I actually experienced after the after my spinal surgery. Right. Because I just you know I couldn't move. Yeah, really. scooch or mooch. Yeah, that was actually something that was developed by uh, Goodman. So he he was a true pioneer, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to spoil it too much. So we we let you watch it and. Uh, I'm sure it got that down. There's got to be things. There's got to be other bits and pieces we can talk about. Absolutely. I think I, I just the things that I just thought you know there was parts of it that um, there was the fencer. Um, what was her Baby name? Baby Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, God, I just you mean you, you talk about sports people and passion. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Christ, that was astonishing to watch. Yeah. You know the absolute just God drive of her was just. Uh, was incredible and I, the, the way I mean I know it's a really well made documentary but how they were how they were yeah. cutting her in and out of it um, you know and her chat about how she was feeling about it on the day and then they're, they're, they're showing you about her, her when she was competing in the final and stuff like that you know I mean, it just it that that in itself is is pure unadulterated passion yeah yeah um, and to give you a bit of background on her that is where the title comes from, Rising Phoenix, because she is known as the Rising Phoenix. She was, she had, she developed meningitis as a child, and she um, is an Italian fencer. Um, no, for for country people, okay, that's not somebody who puts up fences. <laughs> okay, yes. that's like with little swords. Okay, because if you say fencing to a cult, she did a go. <laughs> oh yeah, just barbed wire fences. There, we we had them all over the place. Yeah, Johnny's a fencer. He is. Yeah, I can get him in for you. <laughs> this is completely different. Okay. No, this is the on guard. Yes. Um. With the epi, or is it an epi or epi? The sword. Uh, e p e e. Uh, yeah, I can never say it right, so I'm not going to say it now. I'm making ass of myself. <laughs> okay. I just um, did, anyway. <laughs> and to be honest, even and and you mentioned it there, Dara, even to to watch it in and of itself and combine that with her with her passion for it is incredible because if you think of fencing as an able-bodied person, that's kind of moving forward and moving back, um, and trying not to be um spiked. You know, stabbed. <laughs> stabbed, yeah. Um, but essentially, the way fencing uh, works in the Paralympics is you are locked, essentially locked in to a wheelchair, and um, 
defense that way. Hmm. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. So the body movements that yeah. you have to, that you have yeah. to. It's pretty vicious I mean, too. It is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to make it even more, uh, to make it even more difficult, I suppose from her, from her standpoint, is she's a quadruple amputee. So it just makes her her talent and her skill even more so. Uh, see, even I'm falling into this thing of like, it's she's incredibly skilled. It's remarkable, then. It's not even so much. I know you're gonna want to slip into the whole. Oh, it's very inspirational. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not even that. It's just <laughs> it's just incredible. It's just like, yeah, it's remarkable to watch. Absolutely. You know, 100%. but I mean, that's I suppose that's just sports people. I suppose in general, if you're either you're either built for that. I mean, they cover a lot of things. The cover was a rugby, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you think we'll share rugby? Ah, sure. Yeah, we're going to pass the ball. They are hopping off each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is absolutely savage. And actually, with that in mind, they actually have a um, a nickname for it. Wait for this, murder ball. Murder ball. Yeah, yeah, and and if yeah, yeah, if people go and watch the documentary, and we highly recommend it to do. Go and just watch. It's it's, it's just, yeah, carnage. It's, it's carnage. It is right. That's just getting horsed out of chairs and run over and uh, tipped over and everything, and just yeah, absolutely deadly. Uh, there was an archer. Yes. Uh, was he American or Canadian? Uh, oh, I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, that's why I said both because I'm not going to make it. <laughs> He's uh, from the northern continent uh, <laughs> over there. In, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident in saying American. Right. Okay. God, yeah. you're going to get it wrong, Dan. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, please uh, send any complaints you have to uh, Dan and Dara do something else at gmail.com. But again, <laughs> the margin of him winning I think in a silver medal was I think mm. between eight and ten or something like that on the on, on the target. Yeah, it was something like he needed to he had two options to to win, I think. And one was to the to like closer to the bullseye and one was kinda of to the right hand side and he shot like straight in between the middle of the two of them yeah so it it's minuscule it's, it's savage absolutely just ridiculous uh, yeah what, what, what else there was there there was power lifting as well yes uh um, she was chinese wasn't she yeah I, I i mentioned this uh a little bit earlier on um in saying that beijing was kind of uh a big step forward for China as a whole, in terms of how they viewed um, disabled people. So they now have the China Disabled Persons Federation. And they kind of they came to her house, and they were like, "Listen, we're looking for um, athletes to take part in Paralympics." And she was offered a spot and did very well, um, from what I can, from what I can remember. But it's it's just for me, um, that was the biggest 
thing that I I took out uh, from the Beijing element of it was that it kind of it changed the whole perception in China around disability. One thing that kind of struck me was that like there was a quote and I I can't remember from exactly who, but it was people feel sorry for me, and why is that? Is because of perception. So like everything to do with disability is perception yep. and um, that's why it's it's so incredibly important mm. to keep the Paralympic movement moving forward and why you know the fact that Rio did go ahead it, it's incredibly vital because yeah. it keeps the message going it keeps the movement going um, and it's, it's not just a movement it's a, it's a lifestyle it's a four year cycle for or in the case of this year it's five years um, for, for these athletes like this is their life now you know so um, and I just thought like even looking at it from um, when it was in its early stages there was there was a quote from I think it was the Brazilian the head of the Brazilian um Olympic Paralympic sorry Paralympic um committee as far as I can remember I need to watch. But he said that there was some people saying to him that don't get involved with this because like when he when he interviewed for the position, they were like, Don't get involved with this, it's not sport. Like that's how that's how important things that these are to be able to shift perceptions and be like this is sport yeah it is they these people are athletes they're not like disabled athletes mm -hmm. just athletes um and with that being said actually i thought there was a very interesting quote from the duke of sussex actually who um founded the invictus games and he said that no amount of books you read or teaching in a class that you can have is going to give you the same inspiration as being able to watch something that you've been told is impossible. Dan, you know what? I think that's a good place to finish it. You know, I think that is uh, that just about sums it up nicely. This has been Dan and Dara do something else at episode nine. I've been Dara McNicholas. I'm Dan Airy, and we'll talk to you very soon. Take care.